This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. Oh my God, you guys, welcome to the new era of seeing other people. It is official. We are in podcast nation land, baby. I am so excited. I have been waiting for this rebrand to drop. We have a new cover. We have new music. We have new intros and outros and a new trailer and new show description and just a new overall feel and vibe for the show. And it feels like seeing other people got a complete makeover and I couldn't be more excited for her. So what does this mean in terms of the show, in terms of the listeners, in terms of the content? Honestly, not much is changing other than things are just going to get better. You know, it's been like scrappy for the last two years. And finally, we're kind of like getting our shit together and elevating. And it should just be like better content, exciting guests and just sounding a little more like there's a team behind this. And I'm super excited. I am so happy to finally be able to share it with you guys. This has been in the works for months now, and I couldn't be happier. I know we're getting rid of the blue color that we have grown to know and love so much, but it was so funny. Literally, as soon as we locked in the new cover and the new colors, I went into a store and I'm not even kidding. Like it was as if they had created their entire new spring line based on the colors that we had just picked to be the new seeing other people colors. So now I have like on brand like hat and scrunchie and bathing suit and flip flops and like all this stuff that is literally the exact like gradient tie dye colors of like the purple, the green, the blue and the yellowish. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, I'm so glad this happened because it's just reassuring me that like this was meant to be. All right, you guys, dating wins this week. We had some amazing dating wins sent in, so I have to read them out. Someone said they ended bad cycles with someone who was great at empty promises. It was hard but freeing. That is one of the most difficult things to do because so many times you want to give people the benefit of the doubt and believe like, okay, they're saying they're going to be better. They're saying they're going to do more and show up for me. But then if they don't do it, their word only carries them so far and you could be in that cycle forever and continue to see the good in this person and continue to say, no, but they want to be better. And they say they're going to. And, you know, once you start making up excuses for someone's behavior, that is when you really need to take a step back and say like, okay, this is the way they're acting. They're acting because of X, Y, Z reason. The reasons almost don't matter because what matters is how they're treating you. And if that is happening over and over they're not going to change or they don't want to change. And it's not on you to change somebody. Nobody's going to change unless they want to themselves. So this can be really painful and really confusing and frustrating. But the absolute best thing you can do is break that cycle and step away. And so really, really proud of the person who did this. Another one, somebody said, recognize that the guy I went out with was just really nervous. So giving it another go. Okay, I love that because another person also sent in gave the guy another shot went for the second date and couldn't be happier you guys this is so important not everybody is amazing at first dates and more often than not the people that are amazing at first dates or you feel that sparky fiery connection with 
those are the ones that fizzle the fastest and leave you so confused and hurt. And in reality, it's the people that take a little while to peel back the layers and a little longer to get more comfortable and to make a connection. The slow burns, those are the people that you really should be looking for and that make the best partners. So please do not write people off after the first date unless something really traumatic happens to you. You know, sometimes you're not feeling great on the first date or you're going into it thinking it's going to fail anyway. So you're just not in the best mood or you're really nervous or anxious or you're getting back out there after somebody hurt you. And so there are a million factors that can be at play. And I think we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to the people across the table from us to give people that second chance. So love that two of you guys did this week and that it paid off. Somebody said, I was honest about not wanting kids and not getting married. They took it well. That must have been a really difficult conversation, but the difficult conversations are the most important ones to be having. And that is something where whether they agree or disagree, like that is a fundamental life decision and something that you can't compromise on and that they can't compromise on. And so those conversations are incredibly crucial to have. So I'm really proud of you for having that as hard and scary as it may have been. We have two wins back to back about expectations. One person said they had the best vacation fling with no expectations. Oh my God, that is so fun. And somebody else said went on two great first dates with no expectations and was not attached after. Okay, I love this. I love adding the fun back into dating by not putting pressure or expectations or parameters around it. I think that is so great to do because at the the end of the day, you guys like dating should be fun and dating is fun. And it's something that if you're not having fun, maybe you're not doing it right. And that's a sign that you need to either take a step back, take a break, rethink what's going on, reevaluate what you're looking for, how you're approaching dating. And then when you feel ready to get back in, when you feel like, okay, I can go into this and have a good time, then head back in, then redownload the app, start swiping again. Dating really should be fun. And I honestly, you know what? I'm writing it down. I'm going to do a whole, a whole episode on how to have fun with dating because dating does not have to suck and it should not. So we're going to get, we're going to put the fun back into dating. You guys mark my words. I want to give you an update on my past week because wow, So my parents are down in Florida for the winter. So we were trying to figure out how to find a wedding venue and decided, you know what, like, they're going to just come up for a few days, we're going to look at all the places. So we probably went through like hundreds of places online and kind of narrowed down to 12 that we wanted to visit. We ended up crossing one of them off the list as we went. And my parents and I went to 11 venues in three and a half days. I do not recommend this method. I highly encourage you guys, if when the time comes, to take your time with it and spread it out. This was so overwhelming and exhausting. Very exciting. Very emotional. There is so much knowledge in my brain now about things like venue capacity and catering options and the average size of a dance floor and all of these things that until five days ago, I never once in my life thought about. And oh my God, it's so confusing. And it's like a puzzle, literally like finding the right wedding venue is a puzzle that you're trying to put together where it's like, you know, when you get a puzzle and you're working on a like thousand piece puzzle and you feel like some of the pieces just did not come in the puzzle. Like you can't find them for the life of you. That is what looking for a wedding venue feels like, or at least looking through 11 venues in three and a half days. It honestly felt like dating the whole time. Cause also like you're going to these venues, you're meeting with these people and you know, the first day we had five venues, like we were on a strict schedule and they'd be like, Oh, like, where are you going after this? And I like felt awkward saying like the next venue we're going to, like, I wanted to say like, Oh, we're just going to grab lunch after, but realistically we were going to another venue and it ended up being like a very open and honest conversation where we're like, Oh, like we're just looking at like all the venues in the next few days. Like, yeah, we've already been to three today or yeah, we're going to four more after this. And everyone handled it like a champ. There was no like, Oh no, I assume you're only looking at this venue and not talking to any of the other venues. Like people know you want to find the venue that feels perfect and that's the right fit for you. 
And there were just so many comparisons with venue shopping and dating. And I kept saying that to the people and it was really funny. And, you know, sometimes we'd have super open dialogues with the person who we were touring with being like, yeah, like this doesn't feel right. Like, here's what we're looking for. Do you have any suggestions or be honest? What is the food like? How great is it? Is it as good as they say it is? Or will we be disappointed? So it was really funny. Did we find a venue? Not yet, but maybe. There are two that I am so torn between. They are polar opposites. One is in the suburbs and it is like old and elegant and beautiful grounds and grass and flowers everywhere and kind of like a fairy tale castle vibe. And the other is in the city on the water, like beautiful city views and super modern and trendy and fun. And I could not be more torn the whole time. I liked the, the fairy tale one and like the castle vibe that one. I was the second one that we saw. And after that, it was very easy for me to see the others and just like cross them off the list. Like in my mind, I liked that one so much more and it got to the second to last place we were visiting. So venue number 10 and I was like pretty like lukewarm about it. Like it was fine. And then this woman who we were touring with opened the doors to the ballroom. And when I tell you guys this, I didn't know that there was a thing as like a dream ballroom, but this was it. And this was everything I wanted in a ballroom. And the ballroom's like where you spend the majority of your wedding. And so I literally ended up crying in this woman's office after as we're going over like logistics and learning about their offerings and packages and stuff. I started crying because I didn't want to like another venue, you know, and this kind of goes back to dating where it's like you meet someone and you start talking to them and you become exclusive with them. But then like you meet someone else or like you get three dates in with the person and you're super excited about them and you're starting to picture your future with them. And then you like bump into someone on the street and you're like, oh, wait, I really liked that person. But now there's this person and I don't want to make this complicated. And what if I choose this person and hurt that person's feelings or I make the wrong choice. And it was so funny because I literally started crying and saying like, I didn't want to love another venue because it's been so easy so far, just loving one. And now I don't know what to do. And my heart is torn. So we're going to go back to both of them this week and hopefully make a decision. So I will keep you guys posted. But yeah, I just wanted to give you an update because my past week was so hectic and an emotional roller coaster to say the least. But now we're in a new week. We have a new Seeing Other People brand and we have a great episode today. You guys loved the episode with Carly last week. There were so many more questions for us to answer. So we brought her back. We're doing it again, getting into the Q&A of it all. Carly and I are answering your questions about if it's still okay to FaceTime someone before a date and how to ask to do that. We talk about how to move on when you might regret ending things or you wish that things hadn't ended. We answer questions about what to do if you're still thinking about your ex and so much more. I'm excited. Let's get into it. You guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic. And when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend who happens to be a doctor. And she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal 
win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE. That's Nutrafol.com promo code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. You guys, we are back. We have Carly Silverman here back for a part two of our big Q&A because you guys sent in so many questions and they were so good. We didn't want to not answer them all. So we're back. Carly, for those who don't know, introduce yourself. Oh my gosh. Where do I start? Um, I'm Carly at Carly R. Silverman on TikTok. If you don't follow me, follow me. Um, I'm 28 years old. I live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida with my boyfriend of two years. I work in social media. I used to work at a dating app. Now I kind of just do my own thing. I consult with different companies and help their socials. And I'm just kind of doing TikTok full time. 
Hell yeah, you are. Guys, literally during this recording, Carly's going to hit 100K on TikTok. I'm at 99.9. She's at 99.9. <laughs> it's happening. This it's is crazy. a big moment. It's going to be wild. Uh, Carly, how's your day going? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, we just did a really fun episode, so yeah. I'm excited for that. I love this back to back. We're just like recording. We're just recording. We just haven't stopped talking. We're just recording. I don't know what we have to talk about, but we just haven't stopped talking. There's so much. I know. There's so much. Okay. Let's just get right into it. Yeah. Cool. All right. The first question we have is post pandemic. Is it still weird to call or FaceTime first? How do you weed out the people worth your time? Oh, the pandemic is not the reason that I FaceTime people for the day. I was doing that way before the pandemic. I'm pretty sure people thought I was weird at first because I would FaceTime every single boy before going on a date with them. I think, you know, in the first five minutes, if you're going to vibe with someone. So why not have a little FaceTime date before you actually make your way to go meet someone? How would you approach this? Because I know people might want to, but they feel awkward asking. So I'm very forward. In the first five minutes of me and Jason matching, and then we went over to Instagram and started DMing, I, all I said was, want to FaceTime tonight? Why'd you go over to Instagram? That's a good question. So I don't... Oh, I think we were talking about our mutual friends. Ah, okay. So I went to Instagram, and I wanted to follow him, to be honest, because I wanted to do a little more stalking. So that was my way of like seeing more which you don't need to do you don't need to stalk the person before you go on a date with them but I wanted to yeah. so we started Instagram DMing and then I was just like want to FaceTime later and it's funny I found our conversation I was like looking back at it and he was like uh I've never done that but sure but okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sweet shot I don't know what would you do if you FaceTimed and you didn't vibe Oh my gosh. I don't know. I would just be honest. I'd be like, Hey, like so great meeting you. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> like, I'm not sure we have that much in common or like, I'm not sure. Yeah. So great yeah. meeting you. Like not sure, like exactly. Not sure how much we have in common or, but I, I don't know if I felt the good vibe. Luck out there. Same. You know what? It doesn't matter. The point is like, I'm not going to go out with you and I'm communicating that to you yeah. to let you know, and I'm not ghosting and we just saved ourselves a whole night. Exactly. And it feels rude to do in the moment, but it's not. It's just like, okay, this isn't it. And that's yeah, okay. It's not personal. It's just, it's hey, we personal. didn't vibe. Yeah. Like, you're great. We didn't vibe. That's yeah, cool. That's okay. Move on. Not, not what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Next question. When is the right time to move in? Is eight months too early? I mean, you're talking to someone who moved in with her ex-boyfriend after like a month or two of dating. Highly don't recommend doing that. Um... I think it just depends where you are in life and really how you feel and don't do it out of convenience. Yeah. So I moved in Huge. with my ex-boyfriend when I was in LA because my lease was up. I didn't have anyone to live with. He didn't have a lease at the time. So I was like, oh, this makes sense. I'm not going to get an apartment by myself or try to find a roommate. Like I couldn't afford living by myself at the time. So it just makes sense. We move in together. Don't do that. We lived together for three months and then we broke up. Um, so don't do it out of convenience. Do it because you are really ready to take that next step and you really see a long-term future with them. A lot of people I've spoken to who are married have said that getting married wasn't the transition or the big thing. Moving in together yeah, was. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot that I learned about Jason when moving in together. And it wasn't easy at first. Like we yeah. live very differently. And that was tough at first, but I agree with that. You have to live with someone, in my opinion, before you get married because you just learn so much. But to answer your question about the eight months, I don't think there's a time limit. I think there's yeah. just, does it feel right in the moment for you guys? And is that where you are in your relationship? I agree. And I think it's one of those things where, listen, if you try and it doesn't work out, yeah, it's a little inconvenient and awkward, but you tried. Yeah. Just that's don't not, do it out of convenience. Yeah, that's not to say like don't do it before you're ready. Like you should feel yeah. ready and excited and like this is a next step I want to take in our relationship because it's a really big step. I also would recommend to anybody listening, if you haven't lived alone, I think it's yes. really important Huge. to live alone. Ding ding ding. Live alone. I, Jason and I were dating um when, you know, we were both kind of moving to Florida and we could have been like, let's just move in together and it's convenient. Let's just get an apartment together. But I was like, you know what? I have never lived alone before. I need to experience that. So I yeah. lived in alone. I lived alone an entire year and I would just, I would just recommend it. 
I think living alone is the best thing you can do before living with a partner. Because for me, listen, like I work remotely, I work from home, Jake goes to work, he sometimes works until like 10pm. And I end up being alone most evenings, especially, you know, during the weekend, sometimes he works weekends. And people have been saying to me, like, is that really hard for you? And I'm like, listen, like, I'm okay on my own. Like, I'm okay being independent. I don't feel lonely. Like, if I want to make plans, I'll go make plans. Otherwise, like, I'm okay in my own company. I feel bad for him because he's the one at work. Yeah. And had I not lived alone for a year, I would not have felt that way. I completely agree. I would have been so dependent. Yeah. And I think it's so important to just be comfortable on your own so you don't always feel like you need to be spending time with them. Or, like, when you're in the apartment, let's say... Like they want to, he wants to play Xbox and you want to watch your show. That's fine. You can both do separate things Mm -hmm. because you're two complete individuals outside of your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I ended dating him, but I still am thinking about him so much two months later. What do I do? You move on. (laughs) Why? You ended it for a reason, right? Yeah. I will never believe in breaks. I don't believe in breaking up and getting back together. Obviously, there are, of course, circumstances and you have to do, you know, what you feel is right. But try to think of the reasons why you broke up. Because I did this too. And I hope whoever asked this question is listening. But when my ex-boyfriend broke up with me, I knew we were supposed to break up. Like there are so many things I just couldn't do it. But then for a year after, I'm not kidding, uh, an entire year, I was like, I wish we were together. But the best thing I would suggest you do is take out your journal, take out something, write down all of the reasons why you broke up and why it didn't work. And just keep telling yourself that. It's going to take time. You're allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to still think about him. It's a loss. You have to grieve. But just try to remember why you broke up. I think that is incredible advice. And I think that applies whether to your point, whether you're the person who did the breaking up and you're having regrets or you're the person who got dumped. Even if you were broken up with, there's no world in which you thought the relationship was perfect. Yeah. You could literally to your point, like I also was crying for a year, like depressed and thinking like, well, what if we had done this differently? What if we had done that differently? Like the good, like the highs were so high, but the lows were so low. It's hard to remember the lows after a breakup because all you want is to, to like remember- glorify yeah. the relationship and mm-hmm. and think of it as a sparkly thing that you now lost and yeah and you want to play the victim and you want to feel pity and feel bad for yourself but yeah I I completely agree there are reasons you broke up and more likely than not those reasons haven't changed those things are still there you know let's do this example um in Friends Monica and Richard break up because he doesn't want to have kids again and she wants kids and then like six months later once they've like moved on they see each other they reconnect and she really wants to get back with him and he's like but nothing's changed and she's like but yes it has and he's like i still don't want what you want we still don't want the same thing and at first she was like okay i don't i don't need that like i just want to be back with you but no yes you do yeah. Yes, you do. I wish his name is Richard, right? Yes. Cool. I wish I can go back and like while I was so depressed after my last breakup and shake myself, being like, "Don't you see like the problems here? Like, do yeah. you really want to be with that? Like, you're you're mis- you're miserable in the relationship. Yeah. Like, don't you remember that? <laughs> yeah. But it's hard to see it. Yeah. It, it takes time. Um. But also, two months is nothing. Yeah. Talk to us in two another two months. Or yeah. Twenty months or two. Like, talk to me in a year, and give, if you're still thinking about him, I got you. Give yourself time. <laughs> Does still living with your family make you undesirable? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Everyone has different, like, everyone's going through different things. You don't know what's happening. Jason lived with his parents for the entire time I was living in Miami after COVID because it was just not worth it for him to go get an apartment. Like, it's okay. It don't, it does not make you undesirable. Yeah, I, well said. I completely agree. Is there a reason why women won't give the nice guy chances? I thought about this when I saw this question. Here's my thought. I think it comes down to the more like assholey out there guys who might be more confident, more outgoing. They're more likely to put themselves in the position to meet the girl. 
-hmm. Whereas the nice guys might be a little more reserved, a little more quiet. They're not going to, you know, be all like, ah, like coming up to you at the bar Mm -hmm. or making all these moves and and kind of putting themselves into your world. Um, I think at the end of the day, every single woman that I know wants a nice guy. That is all we want. And it's funny because when I was single, I was wondering where are all the nice guys? Where the fuck are they? I I don't see them. Mm -hmm. I can't find them. And I think it, it just comes down to it takes time and everybody's going to go out with people who aren't the right fit. But at the end of the day, you have to just keep putting yourself out there. And I think just keep having an open mind. Yeah. You know, like don't, you don't need to always go for the assholes and go for the people who are, you know, fuck boyish. Yeah. Have an open mind to the people you find quote unquote nice because you never know. Yeah. I also think if you're sitting there being like, Oh, like, I'm a nice guy. And because of that, nobody will give me the chance. You got to get out of that mindset. Yeah. Because you're categorizing yourself. You're now saying like, oh, well, I'm undateable because of this. And that's going to come off. Like you're going to come off not as confident. You're going to come off Mm -hmm. as like, oh, well, you know, what we used to think, like maybe I'm not deserving of love because I'm a nice guy and everybody screws me over. You have to just know you're you're nice. You're awesome. You're great. You're worthy. And somebody, the right person will see that. And it's just about weeding them out and finding that right person. Yeah. Have pride in being fucking nice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and you will like, I don't, nice guys do not finish last. No. Like you will end up getting no. the person that you deserve, who is going to understand and appreciate and feel so lucky for yeah. being with you. Yeah. You will find that. I promise. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from, and if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount. So keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters 
are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people, listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. I truly feel like I'm not going to find anyone. I haven't been on a real date since 2019. Can you ask your followers if they've experienced this? I'm feeling very alone. I'm definitely going to do some stories and question boxes and polls about this, but I also wanted us to talk about this because I know that we both at various points in our 20s felt this way. Yeah, 100%. I think my question would be, what what is the reason you haven't gone on a date since 2019? Is it you're not feeling confident in yourself to put yourself out there? Are you not? Yeah, I just I would I would ask that listener, like, why? Because I've been there there. When I was single, there were moments or very long phases of my life where I did not date anyone. Yeah. And I would be like, what's wrong with me that I'm not dating anyone? But I just, I wasn't putting myself out there and it was on me because you have to do the work. You have to be confident enough in yourself to really put yourself out there, go on the dating apps, go to these events, talk to people. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a two part. I don't want to say issue. It's a, it's a two part situation here. One, clearly there's something that's been holding you back mm-hmm. from going on dates. And part of that, I imagine, might be internal. Maybe you have you gained weight during the pandemic and you're self-conscious about that. Maybe you got out of a, a relationship and it took you a lot longer than you wanted to heal from that. Um, and maybe you've tried to put yourself out there, but have you really tried that much? You know, it's easy when you like try a little and you're like, oh, it's not working, like, never mind. And you yeah. kind of like retreat back because you didn't get that like instant gratification of like, okay, I'm here, I'm putting myself out there and it's working. If it's one of the first things where it's like you're self-conscious about something, there's two things you have to know. One is you have to give yourself grace and know that there is somebody out there who will love you for exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. But the second part is that you also need to love yourself and recognize that you are somebody deserving of love. Yeah. And that exactly what I just said, like you have to recognize like there's somebody who will love me and I, I also need to love me. Yeah. And I know that is so fucking hard to do. It is because even I'm still trying to love myself, Yeah, you know, and it's it's a constant battle of that. But I agree. It's you have to be happy, not even necessarily happy, but you have to like who you are enough for someone else to like you. Yeah. Doesn't have to be 100 percent. Yeah. Get 90 percent there and put yourself out there. And you have you have to be trying. You have to be updating your profile like making sure you have a good profile that you're proud of on the apps no one's gonna come knocking at your door (laughs) like if you want to if like challenge yourself this month i'm going to go on one date and maybe that date comes from a dating app maybe that date comes from asking around to friends to colleagues Mm -hmm. to friends of friends like hey do you have anyone who is looking for a setup i'd like love to go on a date with someone and i'm sick of the dating apps whatever find a sweet dating event go to a concert alone whatever it is also shoot your shot yourself don't you don't need to wait for someone to ask you on a date if you think you would vibe with someone you think you'd be interested shoot your shot just be like hey let's get drinks next week the worst that happens is they say no and you're right back where you yeah who cares great they say no you know how many people said no to me yeah literally same (laughs) but i promise you you are not alone and i i literally every single person i know has felt this way yeah you're not alone Hi, I'm not sure if you've talked about this already, but any advice for once you're past the four to five date mark with someone you really like? We went on four dates, coffee, drinks, a bowling dinner. Then the fifth date was a night out with both of our friend groups. Then he invited me to a Super Bowl party with his friends. Next night, we did an at-home movie night. Where do we go from here? Can we transition to more casual hangouts or should we still be going out to dinner, et cetera? It's been a month. I mean, it sounds like it's going great. It sounds like It sounds like you are kind of transitioning to more casual hangouts. And I think the at-home movie night was that perfect transition to like doing something in. You're not, it's not this like out event. And I think now 
like, why don't you just say like, oh, do you want to come over and like, let's order Chinese? Yeah. I think that's perfect. And look, it doesn't have to be like all or nothing. It doesn't have to be like, oh, every night we are in and not out. Like on a Thursday night, order in Chinese. And then on Saturday, go, go out. out, get yeah. drinks, you know? Um, you could also like make a list. I think this is a really fun thing to do at this point is like make a list together of places you want to go to. Yeah. Because I remember when I was single, there were so many places where I'm like, oh, if only I had somebody I was like dating to mm -hmm. go do these things with. Like mention that like, oh my God, I've been dying to go like, do this. We should this. make a bucket like, list together. Let's try this. Like actually like, let's like make a list of the things we want to do and go do them. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It sounds like you're already transitioning. Like you're already... You're great. I'm, I'm so excited for you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is su this is such a fun time. I'm like, I'm smiling, he like hearing about this and thinking yeah. about this. Like you're in the best phase. Enjoy every second. Okay. I'm trying, trying, trying to get over the fact that I missed an opportunity with a great guy who approached me recently and was full, was full of nothing but green flags. In hindsight, it felt like a universe giving me what I asked for moment. And I didn't realize at the time. So I didn't engage. I would have liked to. And nothing eventuated eventuated is that a word i have no idea nothing came from the conversation <laughs> i took myself up trying to read that uh nothing came from the conversation i reached the point where i've checked to see if he was tagged online from the location we were at and wondered if there's a possibility of me ever coming across him again i want to convince myself to just take the win of the interaction and move forward but none of my friends seem to be in a place to relate or reassure me so i'd appreciate any advice on how i can move forward from feeling like i missed out and how i can assure myself that i'll be able to connect with other people again in the future Oh, I mean, this is just, listen, I think it's great that you met someone. I would never say it's a missed opportunity because if it's really meant to be in my eyes, like it will come back and don't harp on it. Just keep, keep putting out good energy. Keep doing you. Maybe you'll run into him again and maybe not, but regardless, of course, you're going to find that excitement with someone else. Yeah. I think Listen, you got to let go because right now you're also building up this idea in your head that this is the perfect yeah. person and <laughs> this is the one and your soulmate. And what if you never find each other again? Did you mess everything up? Like, did the universe like put him right in front of you and your eyes weren't open enough to see like that's not how it News works. Flash, there is no perfect person. Yeah, this person is also probably a walking red flag at the same time. But in the moment, you only saw the green. But just don't be hard on yourself for this not panning out because who the heck knows? Like maybe you and this person would have actually gone out on a date and had nothing in common. Also, if anything, it just shows you that you can be excited about someone. Yeah. So I just think take that and the move situation forward. itself is a win, but don't, don't turn it into a loss by being so hard on yourself. about Yeah. It. Move on. Thank you so much for a wonderful podcast. It's been so helpful. You're welcome. This seems like a very specific situational question, but hey, I'll give it a shot. I'm glad you did. A woman I was seeing for a couple of weeks just ended it between us, and I'm finding it very hesitant to go back into the city where we spent a lot of time on our dates because I feel like it will bring back memories and remind me of her, especially this great lounge bar, which I personally love. Any tips on how to overcome this mindset? Are there others out there who feel this way sometimes? I mean, I felt this way for so long after my breakup. So long. It's so hard. I even feel this way, this is going to sound crazy, after a friendship breakup because you just, it's hard to, when, when you're in a relationship, you're in a friendship, whatever it is, and you do things together and you enjoy whatever you're doing at that place, of course it's hard to go back because those memories resurface. But life's all about making new memories and don't ditch the places you loved. Yeah. Just because you had that with someone else. Make new memories there. Bring a friend there. Go on a new date there. And guess what? There's no rush. Yeah. If right now you're worried about it, then no one's forcing you to go. Yeah. Give it time. Maybe in three weeks you'll be like, oh, I missed that place. I'm so excited to go back. Yeah. I. Yeah. I yeah. agree. I think we, we, and I'm such a sentimental and nostalgic person. Like Same. I, if I like went to a place once with, with a guy that I liked, I would never feel like I could go back there. And that would get me into trouble when I was dating people for like more than just a few dates. And we would end up around my neighborhood a lot and like going to like my local spots in my mind. I'm like, well, that sushi place was our spot. Well, guess what? We went there once. Yeah. And I went there 47 <laughs> times before I knew this person with other people. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to just go easy on yourself and know that like, just because you went to this place with somebody doesn't mean you'll never be able to go back, but it also might take time for you to feel ready to, and that's okay. Yeah. How to handle a situation where someone doesn't communicate or text that much. We've been on a few dates that went pretty well, but there's little to no communication between dates and they take 24 to 48 hours to reply. 
That's a tough one. I mean, I I know there are such things as bad texters, but I also think that at that point in the relationship or dating or whatever, they definitely should be making the effort to talk to you or at least make a plan. Like, I don't think you need to be talking 24-7 after you go on a date or two. Yeah. But I think it would be nice to have a conversation. 24 to 48 hours is a long time to wait when you like somebody. And here's what date is this after they've been on a few dates that went well. Okay. Here's the thing. It's a good thing that the dates have gone well. And clearly you're texting to plan the next date, but I am an anxious AF girly. And I know that I would be losing my shit if this were happening to me. It's very likely that he has no idea that this is causing you so much anxiety. And he is not Actually, I, I'm making up that it's causing you so much anxiety because you seem fine. You're just asking a question. But I imagine it's causing a lot of stress and anxiety. But he's not going to know that unless you tell him. And I think especially if you've been on like three or four dates, I think it's totally OK to open up about that and say something like, I feel so excited every time I see you and I feel like it goes so well. But then I get in my head when I don't hear from you that much between dates. I'm just curious, like, could we text a little more between dates or like, are you just not that big of a texter? Yeah. Yeah. I think you can definitely say that. I also think, think about maybe what he's thinking. Cause maybe he's like, Oh, I don't want to put like, I don't want to be annoying or I don't want to. He's probably not thinking that much about it. Yeah. It's probably true. I don't know. Do you think guys think about it? Not nearly as much as we do. Yeah. It's probably true. And look, if here's the thing is like, that need, if you have that need to text a little more than taking 24 to 48 hours to reply, like say it. That is such a normal. Yeah. That is such a normal need. Like that is so acceptable for you to ask for. And that is something that I imagine this person should be able to give you without being like, oh wow, like that person is asking for way too much. And if that's their response, then bye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Ask for what you want. Yeah. Ask, ask for what you want. Ask for what you need. And and that's not, you're not asking for too much, but again, they're not going to know that this is bothering you unless you tell them. Yeah. We have another question. The same exact thing. I'm on four dates with a guy and his texting is poor anywhere from six to 24 hours to respond. All right. So we got six to 24 hours versus 24 <laughs> to 48 in person. He's engaging, curious about me and plans thoughtful, fun dates. Should I call him out via text or wait until there's possibly a fifth date and bring it up in person to let him know that I need more? You know what? I'm glad I read this one, too, because that is very, very, very important. Absolutely. Wait until you're in person. Yeah, I was just going to say, oh do my God. not text do that. Do not have this conversation no. or any important conversation over text. You can also make like a fun, cutie, little flirty joke when you're in person about it. Yeah. And like, and it'll just kind of show them like, oh, like this girl cares that I'm taking 48 hours to text her back. Yeah. I, I think it's so important to do it in person. A, because if not, you're going to lose your shit. <laughs> you're going to lose your mind waiting for that text back after you bring it up. B, they're not going to know your tone. Like they're mm-hmm. going to be like, oh my God, this person's like flipping out on me when really you're just like trying to express like, oh, I'm a little anxious when I don't hear from you. But see, especially if it sounds like everything is really great in person, then this conversation will be no big deal in yeah. person too. Agreed. Totally agree. But on that, I would say in this situation, because we all get into this situation so often, try your best in between these dates to just focus on the real life interactions. Because I think one of the reasons my modern dating is so hard is because we overanalyze everything that happens on text. When in reality, that's not real life. And you could go on an amazing date with somebody where you're both super interested. And then what happens over text in between can actually make you guys never see each other again. Mm -hmm. And it could all be like miscommunications and assumptions and just timing being off. And, oh, well, they waited three hours. So now I'm going to wait three hours. And it it becomes such a mess. So really try and, you know, in those moments that you are anxious, just try and self-soothe and and know that the date went well and you really have nothing to worry about. Yeah. I've been in a situationship for five months with constant communication, hanging out, hooking up, and I do have feelings, but I like being single and not having to worry about someone else because my last relationship took a lot out of me emotionally. He expressed how he feels and wants to continue what we're doing, but I'm scared that because we both have feelings, it's going to go up in flames eventually. 
He asked me what I want out of this, and I said, I don't know. I know that's not a fair response, but it's the truth. I really value the friendship that's come out of it, and at the end of the day, and my biggest fear would be to lose that. Does that mean I should stop doing whatever it is we are doing? That's such a tough situation. I know. I, I don't know. It's so hard because when you're in that situation, obviously it's much easier said than done. Someone's going to get hurt. Yeah, that's like exactly Someone's what going to get hurt. But it sounds like it sounds like they're not on the same page because it sounds like he wants more and she doesn't know what she wants, right? Yeah. What do you think? I think if your biggest fear would be to lose this friendship, here's the thing. You have to accept that the friendship will change. And if you stay in this and you don't think you can get to that point of wanting a relationship, you probably will lose that friendship. She says in five months. Yeah. This is a Five months is a long time to be in I a situationship think, yeah. and, and not know what you want. I agree. And that's, that's not to say that you're a bad person. No, but I think that if this was someone you really wanted to build a relationship with, you would know Yeah. way before five months. And, and you know what? If you just don't feel like you're ready yet, here's the thing. If you don't feel like you're there yet because your last relationship took so much out of you, and you really care about this person and really like them, maybe one day you would get there. Yeah. And you would want your relationship, your friendship with them to not have gone up in flames yeah. for the possibility of things rekindling down the road. I'm not saying end it now with the idea that, oh, you'll take another six months, a year, two years to heal, and then this person will be there waiting for you. That would not be fair to tell them to do, and that's not realistic. But I think if you don't know at this point, if it's not a yes, it's a no. I agree. And yes, sooner or later, somebody, this person you care very much about will get really, really hurt. And as somebody who has been in his place, I'd rather have you draw the line in the sand earlier mm -hmm. and say, I care about you so much. This has absolutely nothing to do with you. You're incredible. I'm just not ready yet. And I'm so sorry. I care so much about you. I am so grateful for the time we've spent together but I'm not in a place where I could turn this into something more. And that's not fair to you. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I'm sorry that that's really tough. Yeah, that's shitty. What are your thoughts on dating a divorced guy? I'm 33 and recently met a guy who's the same age, but divorced and has a toddler. I've only spoken to him one night in a bar, but we really hit it off. We're planning to go out for dinner. Kids don't scare me though. I'm not hundred percent sure I want my own. However, he said he's gotten divorced in the last year. And all I know is that he didn't really want to get married in the first place. I didn't probe further as I only just met him. What red flag should I look for so as to not become a rebound? Oh, this question took a turn. I did not think it was actually going to go in that direction. I thought it was going to be about something else. Not being a rebound. I, well, first of all, I want to ask this person, do you want to get married? Because he just told you that he, right? He just said, I probably, I didn't really want to get married. Yeah. And if that's something you want or you want for the future, that's the first thing I would think about. Yeah. The second thing is, I don't know if I necessarily believe in rebounds. Interesting. Hot take. I know. Hot take in the house. I know. I don't think I believe. I actually, I think I heard someone else on a podcast talk about this too. And it really, it made me think like, wow, maybe rebounds aren't a thing. Why? Because I don't think it matters how soon after you meet someone, if you click with that person, regardless of when you meet them, you were going to click with them. Yeah. I mean, you could totally disagree with me, but I just feel like. Yes. And I, I actually, I, part of me agrees, but part of me disagrees because you might just be looking to feel something. Maybe. And to just be with somebody because you're so used to having your, like Maybe. somebody else in your space and having somebody to text. I I do disagree because I think that's a huge part of it is coming out of a relationship. You're, you might be codependent. You might be so used to having this other person that you're just looking to fill that void. Okay. That I agree with, but I also don't think you should avoid someone or not go down that route. Yeah. Just because they had just gotten out of a relationship because you really never know. So I, yeah. I agree. You're right. I do believe that there is a part of what makes a rebound and that probably isn't good. But in this case, I would say don't not go for it just because he got out of a divorce. See if there are other things you align with and you click with and yeah. see that through. I agree. It's also you mentioned he was divorced last year. 
that's a that's been a year it's yeah. not like you got divorced two months ago you know that i might be like okay proceed with caution yeah but a year also when you're going through something like a divorce or a breakup from a long relationship usually these things aren't out of the blue there's been yeah. tension you're trying to work through things and it's more likely than not that you've already started mourning the relationship long before the breakup or the separation or the divorce actually comes into play all that being said the only way to know if this person is ready is to ask them yeah and that is a completely fair question mm-hmm. i agree if to anyone listening if you are if you meet someone who has recently ended a relationship or a divorce you can ask like, hey, like I'm 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 looking for something and I don't want to get into something if you're not fully healed or you're yeah. not ready. And I think that's OK. Yeah. And not to put Kerwin, who's not here on the spot and air out her dirty laundry. But um, Kerwin, one of my best friends, I officiated her wedding in the fall and she met her now husband, Sam, two months after getting out of like a two and a half year long relationship. Yeah, it happens. But guess what? She was so done with that relationship. They had already broken up tried to take space, ended up getting back together. It wasn't working out. Like she had already been over it. And then it just happened to end a second time. And she was excited to start dating and to meet people and to move on and find her person. I think we both agree that don't let someone have had ending a relationship stop you from getting to know them or pursuing it. Yeah. Like don't let that be the reason where you're like, oh, I'm not going to go on a date with them because they just yeah. got out of a relationship. I agree. But okay. also do your due diligence and yeah. ask them like, you know, maybe find out why they broke up because yeah. also why they broke up might give you into some insight into whether or not you and this person are compatible. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Transitioning from enjoying twenties to moving towards marriage and children. When and how hard is that to do? I mean, how's that for a good last question? Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I wish I had better insight. I obviously am not married with kids. Um, But I feel like you just got to take it day by day and really enjoy where you're at and enjoy the process of transitioning. I think change is so hard, but I also think change is so exciting because there's so many new opportunities. And I think you look at that with everything in life, like getting laid off or starting a new relationship or starting a new job. Moving to a new place. Yeah, it's scary. Trying something new. But try to look at the positives of what is this opportunity going to bring me? And what am I going to learn throughout this? Just like take it in. And I think with that, don't spend all of your time thinking about the future because if you're just future tripping, then you're not actually living in the moment. So if you're worried about, if you're in your early 20s and you're worried about when you get to your mid 20s, then what are you doing? You're not enjoying being in your early 20s. If you're in your mid 20s and you're like, oh, but like, when am I gonna feel ready to settle down? Like you'll feel ready when you feel ready but you might not feel ready if you don't spend your mid twenties mm-hmm. doing mid twenties things, yeah. you know, make sure you're doing all of the things that you want to be doing in this time in your life. Cause you're not going to get it back. And so travel, like book the flights, make new friends, go out, go to concerts, go try new things. Like whatever it is that you feel like you want to be doing, be doing it because then and enjoy it in the moment, enjoy it in the moment eventually it'll be out of your system and you'll be ready for that next stage. I also think enjoy the transition of it. Like it's scary, but just like take it in and be like, okay, I'm going through this right now. I am transitioning. It's a new scary time in my life, but like I'm going to enjoy the feeling I have. I think it's also important to realize that it's going to happen at a different time for everyone. Like there's no one timeline. There's no one. It should happen at 28. Like when the day you turn 28, you should meet somebody or like the day you turn 25, you should no longer want to be going out till 3am. Like everything is going to happen differently for people. And I think that's really difficult. And like, for me, if I were the first one of my friends to like meet somebody and really want to like settle down and get married and have kids. Like, I think I'd be terrified, but you know, I've seeing like some of my best friends got married this year and are like starting to think about having kids. And I still can't imagine me in that position, but I'm excited to see them go through it. That way I'll have like seen someone close to me do it. And that'll kind of help me feel like, Oh, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And so, but, but for my friends who are doing it, they're so excited. They're just ready for something before I am. Yeah, I think also just don't compare yourself because everyone has their own timeline. Everyone has their own timeline. And guess what? You could be so ready to like plan out your timeline and then it's going to completely not happen. Like there's no such thing. You can't plan for this stuff. It's just going to happen when it's meant to happen. Agreed. So just enjoy it. Enjoy it. 
Carly, how many followers do you have on TikTok? I think we're still only at, I think we're at 99.9. By the time this episode comes out. If I'm not at 100, we're going to have an issue. We're going to have a big problem. I'm going to quit TikTok. (laughs) Well, Carly, remind everyone where they can find you. Thank you so much for being here for this Q&A. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Carly R. Silverman. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah, that too, Scout, that too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!